2: grand rising everyone welcome to the day with Trey I'm your host Trey Holiday and I want to welcome you to the first day of June oh so many things kicking off in June we got pride month we got black music month there's so much going on but I am so grateful because we got a lot going on in this episode as well I get to tap in with Mario Brown he's going to be telling us about American Red Cross and the need for us to donate blood we also have Dr. Michelle Joe Martin in the building. She's going to be telling us all about Rita Rama, and later on in the show, we get to talk to Brittany Davis, multi-talented musician. Y'all have seen them perform all over the place. I'm so excited that Brittany's here to join us, but of course, y'all, it's the top of the show, so it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Go ahead and participate by tagging and sharing this stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you cannot watch our TV show here. Don't worry. We do have you covered because you can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and the day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Apple Music, whichever one is your favorite platform. Search for us and y'all will find us there. Well, of course, you know, as we talk about the importance of Pride Month, I'm excited because uh, last in the show, Brittany's going to be telling us about not just her own musical journey, but also we'll be learning about uh, this festival coming up this weekend that y'all can also participate in Pride in the Park. So we have a lot to discuss today. And uh, we have been talking about the importance of blood. You know, I uh, went to Blood Workers Northwest. I donated. I understand the importance of it. And really, I'm excited because Mario is going to be sharing with us the importance of it, particularly for those from the global majority to be donating blood. It is used in so many different ways, but he's also going to be sharing with us about the need for the blood for blood do, for blood transfers. So we have a lot to dive into with Mario right now. Hi, Mario. welcome to the day with Trey.
0: Hi, Trey. what what a what a pleasure to be here. This is pretty awesome. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm so glad you could join us today. I mean, this is a really serious issue. and uh, before we get into it, what brought you to American Red Cross, Mario?
0: Well, honestly, I was recruited. Um, I had worked 10 years in a different nonprofit and the Red Cross found me. I was actually at home, out of work because I had fallen off the roof and broken my leg. And they they wrote me via email and said, hey, we got a job for you if you want it. And I've now been here a year and it's been amazing. I'm actually the first African-American executive director in the Washington State history with the Red Cross.
2: Wow, Mario. Well, congratulations. And I'm glad you are all right. Goodness, that is serious. Well, sounds like it came right on time, but also you're able to bring your lived experience to this role as the first African-American executive director for the American Red Cross here in the state. Uh, Tell us more about the importance of, you know, folks from global majority communities, right? They, They say Black, Indigenous, or people of color communities. I love to say global majority, but tell us about the need for those donations in particular right now.
0: Well, sure. Thanks, Trey. Um, Let me start with, and by the way, I wish I could be there, but I, after my last trip uh, to California, I came back with COVID and I'm still dealing with it. So I don't want to give it to you, but uh, but I didn't want to miss this. Um, <laughs> let me ask you a simple question. Do you think that Black lives matters?
2: Oh, absolutely. I do.
0: So are you aware of the, what we call an illness. It's actually a genetic mutation called sickle cell anemia. I sure am. Okay. Do you know where that came from or anything like that? Should we tell your audience? Give us a quick brief history. Sure. So sickle cell anemia, if you grow up in a jungle, you might be subject to a disease called malaria. Malaria is a very, very tough disease on human bodies and often fatality. Believe it or not, some African tribes mutated a cell in their body, a red blood cell, from its normal kind of round button form to an actual like sickle, like a half moon or a crescent moon is more accurate. And the thing is those cells, those sickle cells cannot contract malaria. So anyone with uh, sickle cell anemia won't be able to get malaria. So it's a mutation for survival. The problem is as those cells move through the bloodstream, they actually cause micro tears in the veins of the individual. So you may not get malaria, but you might actually have something worse, which is something that can't be treated with drugs, um, which is your own cells are damaging the inside of your body and it can be painful and frequently lead to death. Because it evolved in Africa, the majority of the human population on earth that has sickle cell are what we would call African descent people, African dysperia. Um, in America, African-Americans or American blacks. Uh, the only way To treat sickle cell is to give those patients fresh red blood cells that are in the original button form and not in the sickle cell form. Um, Sickle cell disease is the most common genetic blood disorder in the United States, and it takes regular blood transfusions. There's an estimate of over 100,000 people have sickle cell right now as we speak, and some of those folks, including the little kids, need as many as 100 units of blood per year in order to I get, just stave off the pain and try to live as long as humanly possible. So when I talk about the need for blood and the need to donate, and I talk about sickle cell specifically, I'm doing so out of a love of Black people. Because if you think the lives of Black people matter, and you know that 100,000 people are dealing with this, then it becomes evident we have to do what we can to increase the blood supply from matching donors,
2: yeah, I mean, this is really a serious issue, Mario, and I'm glad you're here to discuss it today. Uh, when we think about, you know, uh, you know, folks coming in needing that much blood, I mean, what does that look like uh, in the lives of a patient who is dealing with sickle cell anemia? You know, are they coming in a couple of times a month? Is this something where it's every month? What does that look like for them?
0: Well, the most honest answer is since we're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Um, and and by the way, any time those folks have kids, they may carry on that trait. So it's nothing that will ever just stop. Right. Unless we say no one with sickle cell can ever have children again, which we would never do that on this earth. Hopefully we know our history, but uh, but hopefully we're better than we used to be. And we would never tell that to someone. So instead, we need to make our science match the problem rather than trying to force people into it. So it's difficult to say specifically what each patient goes through, but it would it is not uncommon that someone would have to have a blood transfusion every single month.
2: Wow. Uh, you know, this is you know we're talking about blood donation for so many things, and i'm I'm really excited that you're elevating this issue. Uh, of course, I got to give you a, a time to tell folks. I mean, What does that process look like if they're coming to American Red Cross to donate blood? Um, You know, particularly those who are, you know, of African descent that can pass this blood on to those who are dealing with sickle cell. I mean, what does that look like for a donor to come in and actually give blood? Actually,
0: that's a great question. Um, I'm going to I'm going to answer your question and I'm going to fill in a little bit of blank so that people can understand a little bit more behind the scenes. Uh, For the for the guest coming in to donate, I want you to know you're a hero right off the bat, because even if your blood doesn't necessarily go to a sickle cell patient, every. Let's see, let me make sure I get this right. There is a need for blood every two minutes in this country. And I I was speaking at a breakfast one day, and I had everyone get out their cell phones and do the math. And I believe, I'm not going to do it right now because I don't want to take up too much time, but I believe that's about 47,000 people a day need blood for various reasons. Anything from someone giving birth to someone arriving to the hospital from a car accident to someone dealing with cancer. Every two seconds, someone needs blood in this country. So first of all, if you're willing to give blood, you're going to save someone's life, period, point blank, period, end of sentence. Uh, With regards to the process, all you have to do is go to redcross.org and find a current blood drive nearest to you. You can sign up if it's not full, and then you show up. We have everything on an app now, so all you have to do is punch in all your details, and it'll tell you whether or not you're healthy enough to to donate that day, because we don't want to cause any problem by taking blood from someone. So If your iron is too low, you might be on deferral or something to that nature. And then you might have a slight waiting period, depending on if it's full and, and how well things are going. But generally speaking, from the time you show up to the time you leave is under an hour. Uh, it should be pain free. You answer a few health questions and you end with you know a snack and some juice. And and for an hour of your time, what we call like a lunch hour, you have saved someone's life. You have made their life better. You have taken some of their pain away. And that alone, I hope, gets people to donate. You know, because that alone is a beautiful thing that you can do for your fellow man and woman and everyone in between. It's important that we know that we cannot go to Walmart and get blood. We cannot order blood off of Amazon. There is no artificial blood product, despite what you might see in a vampire movie. The only way that you're going to get blood is if someone gives it. Because we're the only ones that make human blood and we're the only ones that can give it away. So it is the greatest gift of life you can possibly offer someone. Uh, Now, having said that, for you take your lunch break, I think it's important when we're talking to our, our fellow black people, because we have to say we have to put our money where our mouth is, or in this case, our blood where our mouth is. If black lives matter, then it's important that we have enough black blood in the system. Because beyond blood type, there are actually a whole lot of what we call antigens. There are over 600 known antigens. And get this. This this might blow your mind, Trey. The way that genetics work and we're all kind of mixed up and spread around the world right now. But the way that genetics work is the closer you are related between the donor and the receiver. The closer they are related genetically. So if you you have may, may have never met a person They may have grown up on the other side of the world, but the way that the transcontinental slave trade and so on has happened, you might find that you have a very close DNA relative on the other side of the planet and your blood might help that person. And you might have a relative on the other side of the country and your blood might help that person. When I say relative, I'm talking about DNA genetic relatives, not like family tree relatives. This isn't someone that you've met before. And why is that important? The closer, the blood donation is genetically to the blood receiver, the healthier that blood product will be. You've probably heard things on TV of people want to give, um, uh, they, they have various organ donations, right? Someone's sick and they need an organ and they often have to find a family member. What they're looking for is compatibility because our immune system will reject foreign invaders. So if you put the wrong blood type in a person, this doesn't happen, we have the science to fix this. If you put the wrong blood type in a person, it will kill the person. Our immune systems are designed that anything we don't recognize as ourselves is now a foreign enemy. So when we're talking about trying to make sure the pool is wide enough, we don't know who's gonna walk in those doors. So we have to ask everyone from as much, from as many diverse backgrounds as we can, to try and donate as often as they can and get their friends and relatives to do it because you never know who's on the other end that needs something that is as closely genetically related as you can. And I bring all that up to say this. When you donate blood and save someone's life, the way the blood works is you are genetically related to the person who you just helped.
2: Oh, wow. Uh, Well, I'm sorry, but this is this is something we could probably spend a lot of time on, Uh, but this is really important. I'm glad that you were able to spend some time with me today. How about when you get better? We have you come back to dive in a little bit more on this, because honestly, this is such an important issue. And I'm grateful that you spent some time today, even while you are still in recovery mode, to share this with our audience. Thank you again for joining me. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future to see how all of this is going, how people are showing up, you know, for us to be able to engage community in a way that allows them to do something to be a part of the solution. Thank you so much, Mario, for joining me today.
0: Well, thank you so much. I would like to let you know if you want to reach me, my email is simple. It's mario.brown just like it's spelled. You can see my name on the screen, mario.brown. There's a dot between at redcross.org. And I would love to come back. I have so many more details to share. There's so much more that we can talk about. So much. more. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm with it. Make sure y'all check it out. Go to Americanredcross.org. Look for that blood donation near you. Thank you again, Mario. We'll see you soon.
0: Thank you, Trey. Take care. Have a great day.
2: (laughs) oh man y'all starting this episode with so much information of course the information train continues because Dr. Michelle Martin is in the building we're going to be learning all about read-a-rama right after this short break y'all stay tuned you're watching the day with Trey the new COVID-19 updated booster provides the
3: best protection available right now so don't wait stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash vaccine.
2: One in every 500 African-Americans in the U.S. suffers from sickle cell disease. One in three African-American blood donors is a match for patients with sickle cell. One appointment to donate blood with the American Red Cross can help save a life. Will you be that one? Visit RedCrossBlood.org slash OurBlood today to schedule an appointment at a location near you.
1: COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in. They talked to our lender and saved our home. Because falling on hard times does not have to mean losing your home. Federal funding details at
2: WashingtonHAF.org. Welcome back, everyone, to The David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Dr. Michelle Martin. Hi, how are you? I'm
3: great. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. I mean... I need to know more about read rama I mean, you're talking about an opportunity for parents and families to continue literacy work during the summer. Tell us more about read rama
3: Absolutely. Well, read rama is a nonprofit that uses children's books as the springboard for all the activities. So we take a book or a set of books and we just blow it out with all kinds of activities. Might be swimming, might be a trip to the museum or to the... Um, to a local park. um, And whatever that theme is, we really try to make it a hands-on experience so that you sort of bring the book alive. Um, And it can be anywhere from 30-minute story time to this summer. We have four weeks of camp right here in Seattle.
2: Well, so how do folks get involved in this? Because, I mean, you're talking about engaging literacy in such a dynamic and fun way. Uh, There's probably a lot of families who are looking to sign up for services like
3: this, right? Yes, that would be great. Um, We have uh, two weeks of camp at Compass Broadview, which is in North Seattle. And then two weeks of camp, this is all of July, uh, two weeks of camp in uh, downtown Seattle at Union Church, which is uh, near Compass Dexter. So. Part of the kids would be kids from Compass um, Housing Alliance, and we invite other kids from the community to come. It's really fun. You get to know kids from other zip codes around um, around town. And what we do is we take books like maybe All Are Welcome, which has an illustrator who is right here in Seattle, Suzanne Kaufman. Um, And we take a look at what's in the book and then we make that come alive through field trips, through bringing in. Um, guest speakers. Last year, we had an animalia week. We had a hedgehog to come visit. We took the kids to the aquarium so they could see people feeding the, the fish and the animals in the aquarium. Um, and so we really kind of try to reduce the distance between books and life. Anything you read, there's something that you can do to help it come alive. Anything you do, there's something you can read to make you enjoy that more. And so we really, um, and we also do a lot of family engagement to help parents realize that they are their children's first teacher and so it's great to um to 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 keep those reading skills alive at home
2: yeah no this is really important a lot of the times i know you've probably seen the statistics which is the importance for a program like readorama all of the activity drops in the summer, right yes. I mean you, you have a lot of families who don't have jobs that allow them to just be at home, That's so right. these kinds of camps are really necessary uh, when you're out there talking to to parents and getting folks engaged you know tell us about the response you receive from folks who have been able to participate in in recent years you know how are they really responding to mm-hmm. this level of literacy
3: and bringing it out in real life. Um, We had one child who was a native Chinese speaker um, in South Seattle, whose mom said that because of the engagement with read rama this child really started to speak English a lot more and to engage with people. It had been really shy before, but kind of came out of his shell. Um, we've had kids because we do mixed age groups that can't read-a-rama. So four to 11 is the age range. We've had some beautiful friendships formed between a 10 year old and a four year old. And when it may be a 10 year 11 year old who doesn't read that well, or maybe a reluctant reader, But if they're reading with a four-year-old who can't read at all or just starting to get those letters down, that's a beautiful partnership because it's a big encouragement for the older child and for the younger child, having that attention from somebody who they think is cool. I mean, that's great. We also hire staff who um, really have a heart for children and who have the skills to help kids build literacy skills and to build a more of a critical awareness about their reading. Um, We also really focus on um, uh, BIPOC, black, indigenous people of color um, and uh, books that were written and illustrated by folks who look like who's in the book which is really important for getting authentic stories.
2: Yeah. Um, And I can only imagine that that really aids in you drawing the lines and building the bridges between what's being read in the book and what they're experiencing. Uh, Oh my goodness. This is a phenomenal program. I had no idea about this program. I love that you were able to just give us some insight today on this. You know, I'm sure there's families out there who are like, wait a minute, where do I sign up? How do I get connected? Is there a fee for this? I don't know if there's a sliding scale. Please look right there in that camera, give them the details so they can get connected.
3: Yes. So Camp Rita Rama, and maybe we can uh, get the website, uh, Um, We've got the four different sessions of camp this summer. We got let's move. That's right after it's a partial week, right after 4th of July, amazing space. If kids are into astronomy all around town, which is a, a you know brilliant exploration of the Seattle area and then flower power. It's all about gardens and flowers. Um, but the website is www.read-a-rama.org. Um, yes, we have scholarships. We really love to have kids who need to be in read in and maybe, you know, maybe they have a lackluster, have had a lackluster school experience, or maybe they're not that enthusiastic about reading we really like to try to get kids jacked up about reading. And that's part of the beauty. We do songs and chants and games and, um, and all of that. And a lot of it is just really based on, on literacy. Dr. Michelle
2: Martin, I can't thank you enough for this. I mean, when I read about this, I was like, what? My mind was blown because I have a nine-year-old and I'm so grateful that he's been in a mastery program. So he's learned how to read way above his grade level. But I think about those kids who love reading and those who need to learn how to love it Mm -hmm. uh, because it is so fundamental to the rest of their, you know, academic experience. So Dr. Michelle Martin, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing this insight. I can't wait to have you back too. Let let us know if y'all have other programs outside of summer. Mm -hmm. be great to stay connected with you and share that with the audience. Thanks so much for joining me.
3: Awesome. Can I leave them with three pointers? Go ahead. Read with your children, read with your children, read with your children. And that is even after they develop the skills to be able to read on their own because your ear reading level is always higher than your eye reading level. Two- take them to the library because librarians always can help them find just the books that they love. And if your kids watch TV, turn on the subtitles because when they see more words, they'll be able to read more words.
2: Ooh, great tips indeed. Yes. Dr. Michelle Martin in the building. Y'all, here we go. We're going to continue all this greatness because up next, Brittany Davis is joining me. We're going to be talking all about her music and about this festival coming up this weekend. Stay tuned, y'all. You're watching
3: the day with you. The new COVID-19 updated booster provides the best protection available right now. So don't wait. Stay safe this summer and get your updated booster today. To find a free vaccine provider near you, go to kingcounty.gov forward slash
0: vaccine. Hey, you guys, I'm Jay Martin, Jr., the host of the Drive Project podcast, where we talk about passion, purpose, and possibility. It's available for you to listen on whereweconverge.com, SoundCloud. You can listen to it on Apple, Spotify, Google, and so much more. Real conversations with real people. And some
1: of it is just me sharing my perspective. I can't wait for you to listen. Thank you so much.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the David Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Brittany Davis. What's up, Brittany?
1: What's up, Trey? So <laughs> good to you? be here. I'm great.
2: Oh, you know, I have seen you perform all over the place. I think the very first time I saw you was at Rumba Notes, uh, and you were in the band. But then you took off and just were on the keys. I, I've I've been a fan <laughs> for a really long time. Uh, tell us what got you into music.
1: Uh, what really got me into music was just being a superstar <laughs> from the time I was little. That's what they always call me, superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and there was a lot of jazz, soul, gospel, hip hop, all kind of stuff was, you know, it was West Coast music, you know, East Coast. We was kind of a melting pot of so much different variety, and it just kind of like, It started when I, I don't remember a time when music wasn't a part of who I am.
2: Well, so. you have taken uh, us over here in Seattle uh, by storm. You have been a part of so many different musical opportunities, yes. right? To bring uh, folks together. I mean, just having jam sessions, right? Is, yes. It's like, <laughs> I've seen you <laughs> cut up, Session plays, <laughs> yeah. man.
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and now you're going to be a part of Pride in the Park Festival coming up this weekend. What does this opportunity mean to you and, and how important? Is it for you to bring your talent and your abilities to this festival?
1: Well, Pride in the Park is really, really powerful, and just like the the movement itself is incredible, and it's really important to me because you know I identify as a non-binary person, and for me, it represents the allness of our beings especially as beautiful black people. You know, we've been taught to check a box, left or check right, you know what I'm saying? Girl, check boy. And it's something that I feel like I've struggled with, especially being a person of color who has no ability to see physically. Mm. I've struggled with the meaning of inclusivity um, and what it means to be included you know, with myself and with my peers and, and all of that, you know, not being able to compare, not being able to see, but Pride in the Park kind of revitalizes this, this thing that's like all love matters. All love matters. And it just, it just invigorates the community to see that on display and to have, uh, um, People that represent that with their true heart and with their true mind and true allies of that cause uh, being out in front of people on display like this is it. This is the real deal. This is what pride really means. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important also for me to bring my gift to such a place because we're not a circus, but we show we'll put on the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You're you are right about that. And I already know that you always show up and show out. What, Absolutely. what you know, how many songs are you performing? What can folks expect when they come out this weekend?
1: They're going to have to wait <laughs> and see. God bless them. But, you know, I love them so much because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at some some new stuff, maybe for my album that's coming out called Image Issues. And again, with the body positivity, body reaffirmation, coming into existence with the body, full body existence is what we're we're striving for. What I'm striving for in my musicality, how I want to reach my community. So look for that positive vibration. Look for that, no holds barred feeling look for the sky is the limit when you see me at pride because I have pride for not only myself, but for my whole community.
2: And it shines through Brittany for sure. You got the memo too. You wore the red. You was all the way with it today. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, uh, pride in the park festival is happening June 3rd. Where do they go? How do they see you?
1: So June 3rd, I believe it said Volunteer Park. Okay, yep. It's beautiful and you know, it's kind of weird because for me it's like not seeing the park I don't really know how to describe the park. Mm -hmm. But I do know this. When you get there, you will know. (laughs) Because there will be a feeling. There will be a vibration. There will be There's going to be some spiritual cardinal directions going on. You're going to be like, oh, go that way. I know. I know now. It's (laughs) going to be beautiful. And I just, I'm I'm, I'm, past the moon. (laughs) I'm so excited. I get to do it.
2: Well, we're excited with you. And I'm just excited that you were able to come and join me today and give us a little bit of a dose. You said they're going to have to wait. They're going to be waiting in anticipation to come and see you on the 3rd of June, kicking off Pride Month. Pride in the Park Festival happening at Volunteer Park. Thank you so much, Brittany, for being with me. And thank you for being a supporter of the Day with Trey and watching me. That blessed my heart today. Oh, yes, indeed. (laughs) The Day with Trey, baby. Thank you, guys. It's been great. Absolutely. Oh, y'all, what a great episode here. Of course, you know, I have to thank all of my guests. I want to give a huge shout out to Mario and Dr. Michelle and, of course, Brittany for bringing their brilliance to the Day with Trey here so y'all can feel that daily dose of dopeness Um, of course it is also June 1st so I would be remiss to not remind you tonight we are going to be at Wamu Theater celebrating the life and legacy of Elijah L. Lewis 6 to 9 p.m. come on down jam out with us we have some amazing performers and speakers in true Elijah fashion we'll all be there uplifting young brother for all of his dedication and commitment to community I can't wait to see y'all there later today of course I want to thank you for joining me on this day. And for me, y'all, you know I'm inspired. I'm inspired by what all of my guests share today. I want you to be inspired to find the way to see yourself as a part of the solution. And for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m., y'all.